Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. This week, the New York Times reported that a little-known donor, industrialist Barry Side, had given a $1.6 billion windfall to a new conservative group known as Marble Freedom Trust in the network of Leonard Leo, the conservative activist most notable for his involvement in the Federalist Society and support for the judicial selections of former President Donald Trump. Times made much of the fact that the gift exceeded the combined spending of 15 politically active nonprofit organizations that generally align with Democrats in 2020 while Leo asserted that it's high time for the conservative movement to be among the ranks of George Soros, Hans-Jörg Wies, Arabella Advisors, and other left-wing philanthropists, going toe-to-toe in the fight to defend our Constitution and its ideals. So what does this contribution actually portend? Joining me to discuss that question is Capital Research Center President Scott Walter. Uh, Scott, welcome back. Great to be with you, Mike. So before we discuss Marble Freedom Trust and this uh it's Side, is that how you pronounce his name? Yes, or Barry Side, uh, uh, and the and Barry Side's contribution. Uh, let's do some background. Uh, who are Mr. Side and Leonard Leo? Uh, Barry Side, uh, as I understand the story, I have not had the pleasure of meeting the gentleman. Uh, he is a Russian Jewish immigrant to America. His family uh, settled in the Chicago area, and. Uh, he was a smart kid and was able to go to the University of Chicago, uh, which was just becoming famous for its connection to Milton Friedman and right, Friedman and, the, and that sort of mid that mid twentieth century period where their economics department was minting right of center free market free marketeers like a mint minting coins. Yes, and. Um, uh, it's worth remembering in the in the context of the Supreme Court that uh, my friend Judge Robert Bork, a brilliant constitutional scholar who was the victim of the first multi-million dollar smear campaign on a judicial uh, nominee uh, back in uh, 87, uh, when people for the American way were earning their spurs by smearing him with uh, the help of such folks of extraordinary sterling character as Teddy Kennedy, um, uh, that he was also came out of the University of Chicago. I don't know if, if he and Mr. Side ever crossed paths. That would have been, I think, a touch later than when Side was there, but possibly. And um, in any event, Mr. Side proved the truth of uh, the free market philosophy because uh, though he certainly did not come from great wealth, uh, over a lifetime of smart uh, business building of uh, Trip Light was the name of his company, building all kinds of electronics uh, components and uh, so surge protectors is the one that all the story, all the stories yes. about his contribution to Leo have mentioned. Yes, although apparently uh, the company also does a lot of things that are useful in server farms uh, for our digital economy. Um, but in any event, he is now around 90, and so uh, he would like to apparently take care of his legacy. And so what he did, he owned 100% of his company, uh, personally, 100% of the stock, 
And he donated that stock to a 501c4 nonprofit. Uh, and then the nonprofit was able to sell that to a European company uh, for around $1.65 billion. And uh, that has, roughly speaking, endowed that nonprofit. Uh, now, the nonprofit is a trust, and the trust is controlled by Leonard Leo, the other topic of the podcast here. Um, Leonard is someone that I've known for many years, although we're certainly not intimates and I don't have any inside information on any of this. But um, Leonard is, as you said, is, is famous for his work in uh, around judicial nominations since he's been involved in them ever since at least the Clarence Thomas one of many years ago, three decades ago. Uh, and although I will say that the news reports, as usual, you can't trust mainstream media. They're either ignorant or lying. And Leonard has a great deal of accomplishments besides his admittedly very impressive accomplishments in uh, the judicial field. Uh, for instance, for years, uh, he served on the International Religious Liberty Commission that is a critical valuable diplomatic effort to maintain religious liberty in a world where it is very often not respected. Uh, and that's just one of the many things uh, that he's been involved with. He also has been involved with various charitable institutions, you know, a variety of charitable institutions. Uh, he's a serious Catholic and uh, and cares about Catholic education and Catholic institutions. And um, so again, he's been involved in those. Uh, but they're, they've known each other for many years, uh, and um, it's quite understandable that Mr. Side would think it was a wise investment of his legacy to leave it in Leonard's hands. So now you mentioned Marble Freedom Trust, or is Marble Freedom Trust is the 501c4 group, right? Yes. So what, how is that different than if uh, Mr. Side had just made a foundation or, you know, given all the money to a donor-advised 501c3 group? In terms um, of what uh, what Leo people Leo knows, however, that's going to be built are going to use the money. Well, the um, a couple things. One thing that's worth mentioning um, uh, is the tax angle here. Now, uh, some of the commentators outraged by this uh, donation uh, pointed out that Mr. Side saved hundreds of millions of dollars by. Uh, donating the stock rather than selling the stock himself. Mr. Side increased the size of his bequest, essentially. Yes, by sold it himself, If he sells it himself, he has to pay tax on the sale. He gives the in-kind, they sell it, they're a tax-exempt organization. Exactly. There's no, he doesn't pay capital gains tax now. And I would add, I don't, again... The left thinks that's an outrage, which it is to MSNBC viewers, maybe. But normal Americans say, wait a minute, somebody shows up as a poor guy and is able to earn a good amount of money by being a savvy businessman. Um, and at every step of the way, he was paying corporate taxes and he was paying personal income taxes and he was paying a lot of taxes for his employees who have their own legacies now, thanks to having jobs with him. Insurance. Yes. The idea that he owes uh, Uncle Sam 
hundreds of millions more on top of all those millions in taxes he paid across a 90-year lifespan, I don't think the average American feels that there's something terrible about his avoiding those taxes simply in order to have a larger nonprofit gift to someone. That's just not something a normal American is upset about. And we see this, I mean, in the way that, you know, liberal billionaires will sometimes structure their gifts to the founda- to their foundations. They'll give stock. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an incredibly ordinary thing. In fact, if it hadn't been done this way, um, you'd have had uh, tax lawyers all over America shaking their heads about how could anybody be so stupid and why would anyone ever do this, right? Uh, but anyway, so it went, the other thing to note, another tax angle to note, um, Mr. Side gave this to a 501c4 nonprofit. Now, that's that's a social welfare organization is the technical term. And Americans may never term have heard is of dark. The popular term is dark money, even though, of course, we know that all this money came from Mr. Side. Yeah, there's no darkness here. I mean, it literally is announced in the New York Times, and yet somehow it's still dark money, which is a, yet another bizarre left-wing media fraud. But um, But the thing is, he gave it by giving it to a C4, he didn't get a tax deduction for the gift of that $1.65 billion uh, donation. Had he given it to a 501c3, different type of uh, legal nonprofit, right, a, public, a public charity, uh, yes, or private, either a or public private charity foundation, or private foundation, he could have taken a whopping a charitable deduction on that, but he did not. Uh, that little tidbit does not seem to have made it in any of the mainstream. So, so then, what does his, so then what does his legacy get from passing on that poss- on the potentiality of a tax deduction there? Yes, well, this is and again, I, I, people have to bear with this. It, it's it's not complicated. the The C threes of the world are things like your your place of worship or the Boy Scouts or Salvation Army. You know your standard charities or a, a big foundation like the Ford Foundation, MacArthur, and whatnot. That's also also, also public policy think tanks like Capital Research Center yes. or yes. Heritage Foundation or Center for American Progress. Exactly. So those are the C three worlds, and the C the point about a C three is you get a tax deduction if you give it money, whether it's your own foundation you're setting up or one of those charitable groups. Now a C four, which is what he gave it to, is a little different, and people do know C fours, even though even if that sounds weird. Everybody knows them. The two easiest examples would be the National Rifle Association on the conservative side and Planned Parenthood on the left wing side. These are groups that Planned, are Planned Parenthood, Act, Planned Parenthood Action Fund. Yes. Sorry. The um, uh, so these are groups that are more involved in politics, but are not simply political groups. They're not a political party. They're not a political action committee, um, but they play in the world of public policy a 501 a 501c the NRA can tell you who to vote for capital research center cannot yes uh exactly so the, the they they are able to they are able to say nice things or unnice things about various political candidates they are not however uh 501c4s are not allowed to coordinate with those candidates uh even you know in the terms of a phone call much less are they allowed to contribute to those candidates. They can't write a check to a Biden for president or Trump for president campaign, but they can comment positively or negatively on candidates like Biden and Trump. So uh, this was another angle in which uh, Mr. Side's effort was savvy. Uh, He knew that this would enable um, 
his legacy to be used in some of the grueling public policy fights that America engages in. Um, although, of course, while, again, the mainstream media makes it sound like this is some completely bizarre, novel, crazy thing, it's in fact, it's a little unusual in the size, um, although hardly unprecedented, uh, but it's a totally reasonable thing. You care about, uh, if you're a conservative-minded person who uh, respects America and the tremendous uh, blessings that America has brought you, it's not crazy to have a smart fighter like Leonard Leo uh, using your legacy to continue to fight for those American principles. And in fact, anybody who goes and looks at the first uh, tax filing with the IRS of the Marble Freedom Trust will see that that's its exact mission, uh, to defend American values uh, as they are demonstrated in the Declaration of Independence in the U.S. Constitution. Again, the average American, I think, would say, well, that's pretty swell. So looking looking forward, I mean, I know you said you had no no inside information. Um, but what do we think, like, what sort of things do we think that Marble Freedom Trust could do with, with this 1.6, 1. 1.7 1. Or, you know, a lot of the framing and the media coverage has been that like, this is the same as writing a check to, you know, a conservative independent expenditure group, which doesn't strike me as right. Just for, again, from the outside. You know, exactly. The, um, uh, well, again, all I have is the incredibly public information that's already out there in the light, not in any darkness. And what you can see from that first tax filing uh, with the IRS that the Marble Freedom Trust made is they distributed uh, about $228 million to four grantees. Um, two of them were other C4s that um, uh, that are connected with uh, Mr. Leo in some way. Uh, and the other two are donor-advised fund providers. Uh, and a donor-advised fund is essentially a charitable savings account. You, you make a donation and set up a donor-advised fund at a place like Fidelity Charitable, or Vanguard or Schwab also have these such charitable things, and there are other ones as well. And uh, and then you advise them that the money should be given to uh, other charitable groups because a donor advised fund provider is itself a charity, um, and uh, and then they can make grants to other charities. So uh, I dare say that money is essentially, as I said, put in savings accounts for that kind of purpose. Um, and you're right. Part of the hysteria in the media over this is they're acting like somebody gave a political operative $1.6 billion to use in the midterms, right? Uh, it's as if this was all going to yeah, be to, used. To use, right. I mean, I mean, you know, like Talking Points Memo called it unusual and ginormous. Uh, some law professor was quoted as saying that this is actions by the super wealthy costing the American taxpayers to support the political spending of the wealthiest Americans, you know, to which I say, what about the Open Society Foundations? What about, uh, you know, the Silicon Valley Community Foundation, which hosts the donor, which provides donor advised funds to a bunch of these liberal Silicon Valley people? You know, the, these are all bigger, you know, these are all pretty big. Many of them are bigger 
in in terms of their um uh, their size uh than this uh than this gift so you know what what do you make of that um the you you're totally right it's it, it's again part ignorance and part not wanting to be too honest about these things i think um the two billionaires that Leonard mentioned in his statement dealing with all this grant was that it's high time. You, you kindly read it at the beginning. It's, it's time for conservatives to be playing out there the way that George Soros and Hans Wies, most people don't know Hans Wies, but he's another left-wing billionaire like Soros, uh, and Arabella Advisors, which is a gigantic left-wing nonprofit operation um, that in one year raised raises more money than Leonard's uh, gift from Barry Side here is involved. So the Barry Side was about $1.65 billion, and Arabella just in 2020 and just on its nonprofit side, it also has a for-profit size, took in around, if I remember the number correctly, it's like 1.67 or something. Um yeah, this is this uh, is New Venture Fund and six, New Venture Fund, sixteen thirty Fund, Windward Fund, and Hopewell Fund, and isn't there a new one, like the North, North Fund, Fund or something? That's that's uh-huh. yeah, you know these these are these are all you know again variously structured under various C classifications to do various advocacy and political things, uh, and they're all managed by this Arabella advisors firm. If, if I have that correct. Yes. No, that's, that's completely right. They, they all are managed as the, is the, is the euphemism by the Arabella advisors for profit. Uh, um, um, and, uh, the other thing that's relevant to this, I think is the, the C4s that Mr. Vise and Mr. Soros themselves completely control. Um, the New York Times uh, is the one that figured out that Hans Vise, working closely with the Arabella Advisors Empire, uh, has a C4 connected to his foundation, essentially, called the Burger Action Fund. Uh, it used to be named Vise Action Fund, I believe, but they changed the name to make it more dark. You could say. So uh, there's that group. And then uh, similarly, Soros has a gigantic C4 called the uh, Open Society Policy Center, which, by the way, is. Yeah, Open, uh, Open Society Policy year, Center, which is a big. Which, which yeah, has, well, been, has been a, a big a big lobbying presence, although yes, less that's so exactly what I was going to say. Uh, last year, I believe it was, they set a record. Uh, they were the second largest purchaser of lobbying, uh, of lobbying in the United States, second only to the Chamber of Commerce. So in other words, Soros's entity has a C4 dark money, quote unquote, operation that is, uh, that, that, that enjoys lobbying powers and monies that most Fortune 500 companies could only dream of. So this notion that corporations are all powerful and these poor little left-wing uh, networks are, 
you know, little Davids to the to the corporate Goliath is in fact backwards. Uh, and those two that I just mentioned, the VC four, it was, it was twenty, it was twenty nineteen that Open Society Policy Center was number two. Gotcha. Thank you. Well, I, I haven't seen the twenty. That, that is that is according that is according to Open Secrets. Gotcha. I, I haven't seen the latest lobbying numbers, but I'd be shocked if they're not in the top five. Um, but those two C fours that we just mentioned, one controlled by billionaire Vice, one controlled by billionaire Soros. Um, Together, they spent in 2020 uh, over $200 million. So uh, that's roughly equal to the amount that the Marble Freedom Trust distributed, but I don't believe actually spent. And, and, and um, I'll, I'll just I'll just let you, I'll, I'll just, one thing, uh, after 2019, Open Society Policy Center dropped off Open Secrets' top spenders list. So... Again, I think they I think they restructured how they operated and to do, to do less federal do less federal lobbying and do other stuff. Fascinating, or or they just have their grantees doing it rather than centralizing it in the uh, in their own operation. But you can, yeah, you can you can you can shuffle these, or or you know you put out a bunch of research and policy you put out a bunch of policy research rather than conducting official lobbying. Yes. Uh, but the, the, one of the points we should make here is so when these a conservative, uh, benefactor and his conservative ally, when they have a billion or so dollars, there is massive coverage, uh, in the media and lots of criticisms. Um, and uh, conversely, the um, uh, conversely, these other things don't make it into the, into the media, the, the Vice and the, and the Soros things with the rare exception of a, of a, some couple of good stories in the New York times that were unusually uh, it doesn't get it there. And that helps to explain why, the Sheldon Whitehouse is the world. He's a, a senator um, who's a dark money hawk, as he's referred to admiringly by some. Uh, he's dying to force more donor disclosure so that the left's allies in the media can plaster it everywhere and it can be excoriated, all while knowing that their own people who have who not only do the identical types of things, but do it with lots more money are ignored. Right. I mean, a capital research center's research has shown it's what three and a half to one in public policy giving for the left. It's three and a half to one in the C3 world of this, of activist charities like think tanks and advocacy groups. And it was also in the 2020 election cycle, according to open secrets in the C4 quote unquote, dark money category, it was three and a half to one. Um, it was even more than that in Biden versus Trump. But if you take the whole election cycle and all the elections, it was it was a mere three and a half to one left over right. So it, it shows you what frauds as of, were. As of I, I, I pulled our report as of 2018 in the non in the activist charities, it was three point seven to one in 2018. And that's an increase from 2014 when it was just under three and a half to one. Yeah. So uh, this is this is such a crock 
on the other side being hysterical about this, and this is means he's going to control politics and blah blah blah. Um, I think I can promise anybody that um, uh, uh, the um, uh, the idea that this is going to be the pole around which all American politics revolves is just laughable. Um, I mean, as a conservative, I hope conservatives really had so much wonderful power. But sadly, um, uh, the Soroses, the Arabellas, the Vises of the world have lots more. Well, I think we can leave it on that note. Thanks again to Capital Research President. Thanks again to Capital Research Center President Scott Walter for joining us. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week. 